What is up, everybody? It is your boy, Michael, joined as always with Lincoln, and we got an exciting show dialed up for you guys. It is USDGC week. Let's go. So I'm excited. Yeah. Big tournament, major, it, uncertain the future of this, um, where it takes place. So a lot of stuff to talk yeah. about. Um, a lot of stuff. Exciting news and no disc golf happened over this last weekend. Everyone's kind of preparing. Well, disc golf happened, but not on the pro tour scene. So yeah, nothing to cover. Um, so we just get to dive straight into the tournament. Yeah, let's do it. Well, it's uh, we're gonna go over some storylines, kind of going into the tournament. Um, we're each gonna give our picks. So who we think is gonna win, a player to watch, and maybe like a dark horse or you know somebody we're rooting for. Um. As part of our dealer's choice, I have some trivia for Big Mike, so that'll be fun. Uh, and then we'll also go over our favorite holes as our other dealer's choice. Um, and then we'll finish off with anything else we're looking forward to in the disc golf world. And then uh, a little in the bag, just because there's a couple uh, couple Perfect. bits of you know tidbits that we like to talk about in terms of what's in our bag and and what we've been throwing so awesome that being said let's just jump into usdgc man yeah yeah okay um any storylines or like course preview that you want to preface before we talk about like our picks and some of our favorite holes and stuff like that um not really it looks fairly pretty much unchanged from last year um with whole i think whole three being the kind of difficult par four that combines two previous holes um and one of the par fours in the, the horseshoe hole yeah yeah and yeah. then one of the par fours on the back nine i think it's back nine yeah i think it's number 12 where they have to they throw kind of from in the wood line it's the one that nico albatross oh okay they, yeah. they took they took that hole back in the left um which was a new pin placement last year so nothing uh, seems. but I, I believe that was actually an old pin placement that they brought back, brought back? out okay like okay yeah they 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 didn't use it for a number of years i believe yeah. cool um once they kind of put it over the parking lot i know that's into that such little a peninsula shot um it is and the funny thing is is that hole has inspired so many uh like local tournament holes Directors. yeah you know, like like brandon nelson does his safari layouts and stuff yeah he's totally like mimicked multiple holes after that type of yeah uh yeah shot shape and creation i don't know it, it is funny to see like disc golfers like yeah that's so that's so cool. island like, here. Use... <laughs> yeah. exactly let me put a random island where we have to close off a parking lot to have you yeah. throw on the island yeah so thank you usdgc yeah. for inspiring yeah. all local tds around the around the country it, it actually does though yeah like i imagine a lot of people probably draw from it uh sure that's actually a decent transition into what this tournament is because I want to, I can't, I, I should have confirmed this before. I believe it's called an X tier. Is that yeah. correct? I, I'm not thousand percent, but I can look up quickly right here. Um, yeah. So I'll talk. Uh, this is a major, but it's also what they call an X tier, which means that they utilize or they play by some rules that are not PDGA legal. Yeah. So therefore the rounds Unrated. themselves, like the ratings for the rounds don't towards your player rating. I believe they do still rate the rounds. Okay. They just don't actually yeah. count towards your PDGA rating. Yeah. So they call this an X tier yep. and they also call like doubles tournaments, X tiers. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, you, you're playing They're... a PDGA sanctioned event without the round counting towards your, yeah. Rating. yeah which is it's unique um especially for the pro tour um but like you still abide by the rules it's just the scoring or how some holes um 
are laid out and executed change to make it the x tier instead of um what it is yeah yeah and, and i probably should have done some some research to yeah. figure out why that is and well, it's, it's hole 17 for our favorite holes is it yeah. only hole 17 pretty sure okay yeah. okay well let's let we'll we'll bring that up real quick and it's one of my favorite holes so we'll touch back on it later yeah, yeah. as well yeah um but hole 17 it plays as an island so yep. you're throwing it's a shorter hole. It's like 250, 260. Yep. I think range. so. I, I have it around, right around I there. I have the scorecard here. It is, uh, yeah, 250, 249 downhill. There we go. Nailed it. But, downhill, yeah. uh, there's a Straight row of hay bales in front of it, mm-hmm. and the hay bales make it an island. So there's water behind the basket. There's actually two locations on it. There's a left, which is like five feet from the hay bales and 10 feet from the water. Yeah. And then there's a, a right location, which has a little bit more of an island set up to it. Um, but in this tournament, and I guess this is the only reason it makes it an X tier. If you do not make it onto the island, you have to rethrow from right that yep. then and there. You don't yep. let your other card mates go. You throw right again. You go back to your bag, grab another disc. And if you throw it in the water, throw it in the water. If you miss the hay bales and you're you know short of the island yep. you have to throw again and uh this is going to be a piece of trivia later um because there's a a lot of crazy numbers that have been taken on yeah. that hole specifically cool um but normally in other disc golf tournaments if you miss the island you proceed to a drop zone yeah or you go to where your disc lasts crossed in bounds yeah so typically typically if it's an island it goes to a drop zone yeah um but that i guess yeah that one rule makes it not pga yeah like that's not a pga legal yeah. rule i, I think of it a lot like i mean it, it's its own beast but like at deglo this year when simon just blasted his frisbee over the yes. invisible yes. fence line of hole 16 there he crossed inbounds beyond the hole where like here you have to land and stop if you land touch ground and it pops up and rolls out of bounds you missed correct like it's not it so that that's the difference it used to be i think unlimited strokes but now it is three and then you proceed to a drop zone i believe oh is it okay yeah Yeah, it's it's not just unlimited throws and yeah, I remember hearing something about that. Yeah, they they, uh, they changed it in the and, last year or so. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's why it makes it X tier yeah. is they have a, a unique yeah, scoring so scoring rule for hole seventeen. Uh, and I will say, with like that hole specifically, a funny little anecdote on it. I can't remember who it was. I, I did my research for the tournament, but I didn't do enough detailed research, apparently. Uh, but there was someone who, I believe it was an FPO player. She was continuously throwing on that hole. And, you know, typically you're going to throw like a putter or a mid-range or something like that. It's downhill. It's short. You don't need yeah. to throw it that far. Um, it does favor a lefty backhand. So a lot of people do go forehand on that yeah. hole. But there was an FPO player who kept throwing out of bounds and was just accumulating strokes. And it's there's not a penalty stroke for reteeing. That's one of the weird pieces of it. Okay. Yeah. So right. So if you two. throw if you throw one into the water, you're throwing two right from there. You're not taking a penalty stroke. You're throwing two. Okay. I believe is how they do that. That um, the scoring on that hole, which is part of what makes it. Kind of like the, the European Open um, hole that Anthony Barella had, right? Yes, yes. Like you're yeah, very adva- You're not advancing. You're just throwing that next shot. And it, it counts, but you're not being double penalized. Correct. Yes. So you're not cool. getting an OB stroke as well. Um, and this FPO player was like eight, nine, ten throws in and was like, I'm running out of discs. Like... If I don't make yeah, the island, yours. and 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 now now she's got drivers, right? Yeah. yeah. So her caddy, which was 
either like her dad or her boyfriend or somebody was down there and they started collecting her discs. And then her caddy ran, ran down, grabbed the big stack of discs and ran it back to her. I want to say this was Paige Birkis uh, before she was, or when she was Paige Birkis, not Paige Shoe. I want to say it was her, but I can't remember. Uh, if we can find it, we'll uh, we'll post this to our Instagram that yeah. little story. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that this tournament makes for a lot of memorable moments, a lot of cool holes, a lot of OB. Yep. Uh, and I I don't want to jinx this if I were to go and play this course, but I believe it's pretty lefty friendly from what yes. I remember. Yeah. Doesn't make it any easier, Which, but it is definitely lefty friendly. Yeah, because so. you get a lot of uh, forehand strong forehand players who that's their strength. Mm-hmm. They tend to do well at this tournament because they're able to throw a lot of forehands. Yeah, um, and also Chris Clemens historically does pretty well at this tournament. Yeah, right. Nice. I, I, I think so. Play. I haven't looked, but yeah, I mean, he just does a great range. job. Yeah, he does a great job keeping it in bounds yep. traditionally. So it it doesn't. It would I would assume he would be one that finishes pretty highly um at this course yeah so there's some gimmicks to it as we talked about there's an old hole where you used to you had to kind of play to a landing zone and then you crossed a parking lot and the parking lot was out of bounds but then there was a little grass area in between the parking lots and yeah that was the island and now now it's moved and so it's kind of a peninsula over there and there's lots of ob so it's it's a slightly gimmicky tournament. Like yeah. there's two triple mandos, I want to say. Yep. Mm-hmm. Old seven and another one. Um, uh, fifteen. What are, yeah. What are your thoughts on how gimmicky the tournament is? Do you like it? Do you think it's too much? Do you think courses need to incorporate more of it? Do you think it's outdated? What do you think? Um, I think it's. I think it's good. I I mean, it can be gimmicky and give a weird, almost like putt putt style of that like facade. But mm-hmm. if if it is utilized correctly, and I've heard Simon talking about we need more mandos. I've heard other people talk like disc golfers are so good at throwing a frisbee, but if you have if you change how and where they have to throw it with mandos, triple mandos, um, mozzarella sticks. You yeah, can, that's another thing. <laughs> you can make it a tougher challenge. Like, yeah, it, it just, it stops. It, it looks gimmicky, but I think it's not as gimmicky as some holes at Waco that just have random trees in the middle of them. You know, throwing it down a fairway that's wooded and you miss two feet to the right and you split this tree where someone peers the gap and hits the smallest bush or tree that is still left in the fairway. You know, like I don't think it's any more gimmicky than a wooded fairway um, would be just because of the luck factor and the skill required to score well and perform well at this tournament. Yeah. I I think that's a valid uh, argument. Like the mozzarella sticks are are gimmicky, and for those of yeah. you that don't know what we're talking about, there are uh, random poles that are set up like fifteen feet from the front of the tee pad, and they the trees have now. been jokingly called mozzarella. Are they actually? Yeah, they 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 are fake. Like they look like a Christmas tree. Like it's a fake tr- Christmas oh. tree. No, yeah, but there's one oh, pole. Okay. Um. Hold on, I gotta pull it up. Like right it's by, it's, it, hole sixteen. The mozzarella sticks are by the basket. It's like it circles yes. the basket. So there's that one. There used to be another yeah. one, but I then think they cut them I down. I want to say it's like hole nine. Hole yeah, nine, nine still has them. Nine or eight. It's like a four hundred foot carry. Yeah, one of those two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they've been jokingly called mozzarella sticks because they were just these random poles that were like what like four to six feet tall like mm-hmm. they kind of like right in front of the basket tiered, kind of just... like a 
the kind of like a bell curve almost yeah yeah yeah. like the verizon commercials yeah and they were just randomly just sitting right there and so part of it was like they're not that hard to miss but that's what made it feel a little gimmicky yeah that being said i've never actually seen any i've heard of people doing it but i've never actually seen anybody hit those yeah and my my thing aiming point yeah my thing for those it's like it is gimmicky but everyone has to put on it and it just makes it more challenging and i think of we just talked about it earlier the um the hole that nico albatross how they move the Mm -hmm. the pin back kind of into the woods guess what's around the basket a bunch of trees it's inside trees so it's like you make that same challenge just artificially. What's wrong with that? And like for the future of disc golf, the future of this course, you're going to have to, there's not just going to be a perfect land out there that has everything we need to make a a course that's challenging for these pros. So if you have to make something artificially, I'm totally okay with it as long as it is functional looks fine, challenges them correctly and doesn't make it like any fluky flukiness can happen. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm on board. Um, that being said, do we want to go over our favorite holes? Yeah. yeah let's talk about the holes because we've been talking about them. Okay. Um, we'll go back and forth. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, first hole that I wanted to take before you brought it up is the beach hole okay okay i did to confirm i spelled b-e-a-c-h the beach hole uh it's hole six and i want to say it's like 350 it's not crazy far but it's a a Uh, 370 370 370 okay yeah yeah. so it's a driver's shot for most Mm -hmm. people uh plays like a very straight shot but you need to keep it a little bit low and then have it finish to the left so it's a righty backhand yep and the basket is on like the a sandy beach beach right next to a yep. little pond so if you get your disc close to the basket it stops almost every single time because it's sand yeah yeah and so players kind of play for the skip shot to get down in there um but i don't know why i just really enjoy that hole i think it's really fun to watch yeah because you get rewarded if you throw a good shot and you're almost parked and if you're not far enough you have low limbs to contend with and mm-hmm. you can go in the water if you're early like yep. you're punished for a bad shot and you're rewarded for a good shot and those are yep. always my favorite types of holes yeah yeah um i think i remember seeing like ricky or somebody hit a putt from the drop zone and it's a crazy difficult putt. i think calvin Heimberg did it as well yeah and it's just I don't very difficult it. but yeah. it's possible and that's a crazy par save if you do that. But for sure, m- more often than not, you're taking a four. And if you don't throw a good putt, you could easily take a five because if you could hit those those low limbs and drop down and have a, another long putt. Yeah, yeah. Um, my first one is actually going to be hole number one. I think it. I think it's a good On my list. Like, it's not too tough because a lot of people are throwing slower discs. But what I like about it is, and this is why I like it more than hole seven, is it's a tunnel shot, but you can't just skip it along the ground. Like they, there's the rocks on the bottom yeah. and a piece of wood. So it's like, it is the, it's almost like a quadruple Mando because you have to keep it off the ground as well as low ceiling. So yep. I, lo- I love that. I love it. I, I'm glad they changed it. Because people used to be able to like hyzer around stuff and like that's too easy. So yeah. it forces you to go down the middle. Super cool. So to add to that, part of why I also enjoy hole one is because you're nervous mm-hmm. on that first hole. And it's not an easy shot no. if you're nervous. Yeah. Right. If you have a, a par four and you, you know, you're not gonna unleash. be that punished if you just throw a you know an okay shot. But, you know, kind of a little nervy, and you, you know, you grip lock it a little bit. 
but you have a par four that you can kind of recover on. Mm-hmm. I love that USDGC starts out from the bang. Yeah. Hey, if you're nervous, you're going to get a bogey on this hole. Yeah. Like it'll show it's yeah. And it's not that difficult of a shot, but it's tricky enough that if you're not 100% committed and calm and smooth with your yeah. throw, you're going to be punished and you can attack it forehand or backhand. Like I like, mm-hmm. I like the whole lot. Yeah. It's on my list. Yeah. Cool. Sorry to steal yours. Um, no, that's great. Um, my second hole is actually hole number three, the horseshoe hole. Okay. As it's lovingly called, it's a par four. Uh, you need a long placement tee shot. I, not super long, but you need to like be very specifically placed because if you're too far left or too far right or too short or too long, you can pinch yourself off and not have an angle to throw your second shot. And a lot of people you'll see backhand rollers on the second shot because it has to kind of make it yep. almost a U-turn and come all the way back. And the green is like slightly sloped downhill and there's big trees behind it. So yep. there's lots of danger on it. And there's OB, I want to say, to the left from like the tee shot landing zone. There's yep. OB yeah, left. There's a, I think there's a road over there that's yeah. Off, and off I think it's actually marked. I think it's marked before that too. Well, for, no, the, yeah, there's like, like a little pedestrians. um peninsula of OB that's in like a normal landing zone. So it forces you to either lay up to a bad spot easier or pushes yes. you to have to go deeper to the ideal landing spot. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And like laying up does not guarantee a par. No. And that's part of that's part of what I like about it is that yeah. you see some crazy shots on that hole. And to get a birdie is a fantastic score. Like, yeah, I would never birdie that hole ever because I'm not, I'm not good enough. <laughs> yeah, not with that tee shot. Um, it requires too much distance of a disc that fades to the left at the end of it. Um, yeah, for me to ever consider. So, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, okay. What's your second one? Uh, my next one is hole fourteen. It is mm. the one that you tee off from kind of the side of the school and it's just kind of downhill, huge lefty hyzer. Um, the one on the, the par three on the straight slant or is it the par four? It, par three, it's on a slant. There's like bigger hay barrels, but it's yeah, not, yeah, it's like kind of like an island green over there. I just think it would be... Yep, I love that hole. It's a, it's, a, it's a lefty hole. And it is. finally there's a lefty hole on a pro tour course you'll my second one is also a good lefty hole um but i just love it when there's oh yeah my i have i have two though lefty holes so like it's just the slope slants to the left like down to the left so the lefty hyzer just boom pops right into the hill instead of slanting away from it and anytime you can help lefties out i i appreciate it oh yeah uh Another thing I like about that hole is because the basket is so elevated, like short putts aren't guaranteed. Yeah. And so if there's wind, it picks up, but you'll see players run putts from like high up on the hill, like across the the walking path there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you'll see players run those putts and make them. And they're super electric when they do make them. And you'll yeah. see them air ball and, and go OB long. Like anything can happen on that hole. And yeah. again, the holes that I like are where you can see a lot of scoring separation and where good shots are rewarded and bad shots are punished. Yep. Yep. Um, last one. I, I took, I'm just going to say it. Okay. 17. Mm-hmm. Just for the electric finish and also where it is on the course, there's been debate as to whether or not 17 should be like, earlier as tricky of a hole yeah exactly yeah. but yeah. i love that if you're not on your game if you can't be clutch down the stretch 17 yeah is gonna take your lunch oh uh was it johnny mccray that got a 14 on it i i know uh, it's one of those old guys yeah he was like in first score. place yeah by like, lead and he got, yes, tons of strokes. Yeah, like a 14. 
yeah or an eight or something crazy yeah. and yep. ended up like finishing like third or something <laughs> yeah um crazy yeah it's cool i mean it's i would probably argue that is the most famous hole in disc golf possibly or infamous i could say right like players that, love that, it both are probably true but they love to hate it you know <laughs> exactly um, depends on how you how you play it for the week but yeah um, yeah i mean cool. there's a solid pick everyone's going to pick that one uh mine's a little bit lame but it's going to be hole 16 the one right before that okay it's good i'm glad you didn't take hole seven yeah it's a very lefty friendly tree line all up on the right and the mozzarella sticks so you can't the righties can't swing a big hyzer in so it's predominantly forehand for righties or turnover backhand i mean i've seen james conrad lace it with his kind of straight turnover shots everyone has the shot yeah. but that it favors the lefty and that's that was that's what i was going for was holes that favored the left the lefties let's go uh i briefly said it but hole seven is one of the other most famous holes at usdgc it's a triple mando with a bamboo just like yeah tunnel if you will i would say it's like a a tiny it's a gateway it's like a gateway yeah 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 and you have to make it through the the center of it it's not a crazy long hole there's a compilation of uh like four or five aces Mm -hmm. in the last several years on that hole uh anthony barellas was the coolest yeah um i think that hole's overrated personally me too uh people people love that hole and i'm kind of just like they they love to put it on eh. instagram here's but here's here's my thing though like if you don't have the nature for like a whole one, you get the same like type of shot as whole from whole one to whole as whole seven. You know what I'm saying? Like it requires yeah. you to hit a tunnel shot farther down the fairway than just right off the tee. Um, but yeah, it's I don't think it's difficult because there's nothing on the ground that forces you to carry it over. Um. Yes. Like you could lay up short and just make a jump putt. You know, like if you wanted. Which I guess you uh, could. I mean, you yeah, you could do very, on hole very one difficult too. Jump putt, but. But like I don't I don't like that you can. Is there not OB short on hole one? I can't remember. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I've and, never seen anybody actually lay up short. Yeah. Oh no, you're right. I've seen people miss left and then have to. Yeah. Throw yeah. a pitch up shot and get yeah. bogey. Yeah, but what I yeah I just I just um, don't like that. There's it forces players to actually throw a shot in the air to try get through the gap because there's nothing like you could play a skip shot on the ground or like play scared and lay it up short, which I would do every single time. But that's yeah. a different story. Uh, honorable mention, which I probably should have said instead of seventeen. Uh, I can't remember if it's four or five, but it's like a it's a wooded lined tunnel shot. Yeah. And the F basket is like at the end of the trees and the MPO basket is like another 50 feet past yeah, that. That's four. That four. four. Yep. I love that. I think that hole is great. I love tunnel shots that are tricky that you have to throw a hyzer flip straight shot, finishing yeah. straight. Like I think they're awesome. It's maybe not like the greatest hole, but I like it. Yeah. It's okay. I think it's just okay. okay. We'll agree to disagree. I I enjoy the holes because I, yeah. I like I like playing holes like that. Yeah, I mean they're fun, they're challenging. Um, it's it's super difficult for sure. Um, and it's not an easy shot. There's just something yeah. about it that I feel like is very. One person can. Be two feet off and, hit dead center of a tree. And one person could be a foot off the line and kick in front of the Mando and be double penalized for a less worse shot than just stopping dead straight. Um, but yeah. that's what happens when you put trees. No. So it's yeah. a cool shot. I don't play with enough trees, so I like tree shots. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So players. 
who do you have? Yeah. Uh, we had kind of three categories. Who do we think is going to win? Who do we? Yeah. Who, who's pick? our who's our pick? Yeah. Who in our heart? Who's our 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 player to watch? Okay. And then like our kind of like, like dark, dark horse. horse. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Player player in our heart who we don't think is gonna yeah actually win, but we want them to. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll start I'll start there as my honorable mention. And I'm taking Simon Lazat. That's who you want to win? That's who I want to win. Okay, I don't that, think yeah. he's that's that's this, your heart choice. This course is not yeah, this course is not really built for Simon. Simon loves to throw the big lines and there's yeah. not too too many very long holes. Uh yeah. I think he'll do better than he has historically because he's kind of altered his game to be a better player now. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see him win it because I love yeah. Simon. Yeah. That's I'm I'm sure a large part of the fan base will be agreeing with you on that one. Um my yep. kind of heart pick, but I also think he very well could, is uh Aaron Gossage. Ooh. Okay. It's a bigger stage, which he has a lot of experience from. And I think his power throwing and his expertise with a forehand and backhand will power be, forehands, yeah. will be able to just kind of dominate this course. He's just got to be solid on the putting greens. You know? Like, yeah. I just think all those whole, was it 14? He can just throw huge power forehand where other people might be throwing spike backhands and they skip out of bounds. It's like he'll always be or able to hole put seven. Is it seven after the, the seven's the tunnel one. Seven's oh. yeah. Seven's the tunnel one though. Oh yeah, no, no. Um then it's before the sandy hole where they play over the lake. So it's yeah. it's a par five. Yes. Yeah, like that one. Like he it, he could go huge forehand and then forehand another four, huge forehand and have an eagle putt. Another another forehand, yeah. Like I I just think he will always be able to play to the higher percentage like angle coming into the landing zones, which will help because he's he's an all Heiser forehand player. Mm -hmm. So that's that's who my is like in my heart. I want him to win too because he hasn't yet, and I think it'd be awesome. Nice. Well, let's go with your. Pick who do you think is going to win? I think is going to be a Sir Eagle McMahon. It's a very popular pick. Very popular. He's hot right now. Hopefully, he stays that way. And similar to Gossage, where he has he has a serviceable forehand, which has his forehand the, is stupid, which right has now. all the power he needs it to be. But his he throws hand, further than I do, and he's barely flicking it. Like, yeah, he looks like a chicken with his wing that's like cut off. Yes, he's like, like it's crazy. It's like glued to his hip, and he just does this tiny and little baby swing, and it goes four hundred feet. And, it, and yeah, it's like, so like, stop it, stop what, it. His forehand is plenty, and his sheer power backhand can just overpower these holes. On like, I think of like the sandy hole, he can just throw like a big mid-range so it's not going to get a big skip it's gonna it's gonna move but like it's not gonna get a flare skip and i just think he's got the whole package i mean a lot of players do yeah um but i i like him and he's also one of my heart good picks to see too. him win a major too like if, yeah. i think people would want to see him win yeah 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 nice well a player who has been a top tier player for a long time, but it's not won a major in a long time. Is my pick one Ricky Wysocki. Yep, I I looked at that. I, I was want, I was considering. It, I want but... Rick to win it, man. I want him to win it. Yeah. yeah, I want the monkey to get off his back. I want him to kind of like Paul was. Rick was always chasing Paul, yeah. and then Paul kept winning and kept winning majors and majors and majors, and Rick didn't. And yep. so now there's a huge chasm between the two of them. And mm-hmm. I want to see Rick chip into that a little bit. You know? Yeah. I mean, he's he's won the big tournaments before. He has all the shots. It's just a matter of if he can stay solid and put together the good weekend. So, 
Yep. Yeah. Sign, and shout out to my buddy who got Rick to sign this pig back at USDGC in 2021. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. That's cool. All right. You want to go uh, over your, and your then dark yours, horse? Yours first. Yeah. Um, my my player to watch is Paul Ulibarri. We've talked about yeah. him a couple of times recently. Watching his practice round, I'm like, he's got all the shots for these holes. Mm-hmm. And he's playing smart. His putting is not Hit the thing miss. I'm yeah. most confident about with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, an Anheuser putt is never the most consistent putt. Uh, which he kind of does like an Anheuser like throw putt. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, but part of why I'm picking Paul, he's been kind of on a tear. Like mm-hmm. low key, he's been on a tear. And also, he made a fairly long post early in the season where he was really struggling, like far from cashing. Yeah. And made a post about. I almost thought he was be dropping out of the pro tour. Yeah. And instead he was, I'm going to choose to take this moment and get better from it instead of let it, you know, push me down. And since then he's done exactly that. And I, one, I just really respect that. I think that's yeah very admirable, especially someone who is as long tenured in the sport as he is. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, commit to getting better and pushing his game further even though he doesn't have the distance and also part of the reason why i would love to see him win or do well is i don't know how much longer he does have it on tour yeah because he's worked really hard this year Mm -hmm. and i don't know how long he will be able to keep competing with all these new young guns yeah for sure kind of their shout out shout out to you yeah their last hurrah or in kind of last chance um, to really stamp their name into the history books. Um, Yes, sir. So my dark horse pick is going to be one of the Robinson brothers, but not the one who's probably expected to win, but Ezra. As I love that pick. That is a great pick. I don't fully know his game, but yeah, right. Like I, I don't watch him and I've never seen him play live yeah but he's got game and you you can watch him play northwoods black yeah at um idlewild jonesboro okay idlewild no northwoods is it's idlewild yeah no 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 no, no. (laughs) what is it no it's it's jonesboro okay not northwoods black or it is Northwoods Black is Northwoods Black is Eureka Lake Northwoods Black and that's I believe. Hang <laughs> it now we have to double check but or is that I, I thought think, that was Ledgestone. Uh, that is Ledgestone. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ledgestone. Okay. Yeah. There's too In many Illinois. Yeah. It's so weird that we have like the name of a tournament and then the name of the course. Yes. There's so many times people refer to the name of the course especially on the pro tour like oh they're playing northwoods black but it's like what tournament is that like i don't know yeah oh they're playing maple hill like well, yeah they, they and mvp that's that's that why all at one location but yeah yes uh thank you for <laughs> correcting me anyways yep. he's on a, a round of gentlemen's there so I've, okay. I've only watched from that yeah um and he unfortunately didn't play that well but he is almost just as backhand dominant as Isaac with mm-hmm. a little more reliability on the forehand in terms of like upshots. He'll throw yeah. some yeah. forehand upshots, but very backhand dominant. Yeah. I just feel like he is, he's not quite that like next tier below the favorites, but he's very close to being in there. And yeah. just like the last few tournaments, I could see those top, seven or eight players playing with too much like pressure on their own shoulders that someone from that second tier can just like play freely because they have no expectations on themselves and sneak in there and and win one so i'm i'm gonna call it now he is a dark horse to win the 
a pro tour championship. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Cause I feel like he's going to be kind of like a Nathan queen, like yeah, get on a tear kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. those are our very picks. compact swing. Good player to watch. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you ready to get into some trivia? Let's do it. Cool. Uh, thank you to usdgc.com for this trivia. Um, believe i mentioned it last week that we we're going to kind of do some fun segments in preparation for this big tournament because it's a major and there's a lot of history at it and we also don't know the timeline moving or the timetable moving forward how much longer this is going to be around yeah. and yeah. there's question marks i don't have a lot of evidence or support to back up my thought process on what this tournament's going to look like moving forward so if you do love to hear that but we wanted to go all out, so that's why I got some trivia. Perfect. Yeah. Um. Okay. What is the highest score? Because we talked about this already on hole mm-hmm. seventeen. What is the highest score ever recorded on hole seventeen? And bonus points if you can guess the year. If you can guess the year and the number of strokes, I will send you two discs right now. I'm gonna say. 2003 and it was a 18 close on the year i just guessed 2007 it was a 26 jesus and this is not with penalty strokes as we talked about this is yeah just the straight up (laughs) just thrown over and over and over wow (laughs) oh i i could not imagine I got an eight in a tournament and I almost cried. Yeah. Like, <gasps> uh, it's crazy. That's a, that's a big number. Um, that is a big number. Um, what is the largest margin of victory? Six. Either by Paul or Ken Climo. Yeah, the Ken Climo. Uh, it was 15. Oh my god! Fifteen strokes in nineteen ninety nine. He's playing against plumbers out here. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I can't remember if it, they did a five round tournament back then or if it was just four. Yeah, but it's it's been four for a long time. I don't know if it was five back then, but yeah. Anyways, yeah. 15, fifteen over four strokes. rounds. We'll say yeah, is a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, the next two are some age questions which I think are quite interesting. Okay. Uh, who is the youngest player to play in the USDGC and how old was he? Spoiler, this is a guy. Um, I have no idea who it is, but it's probably a 15-year-old. Would it be a Gannon Burr? No, no, no guess. Ganon Burr would be my only guess because I've seen videos of him playing it when he was uh, younger. I would be willing to bet that that's actually probably accurate. However, the youngest player was David Wiggins Jr. Oh. In 2008, he was 13 years old. Wow. I could see that. That's yeah. pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Yep. Very, very young. Already I don't know throwing, how he did. Probably already throwing 500 feet, I'm sure. Probably. Yeah, the dude is thrown. He still has a cannon, but he's yeah, throwing that's a, bombs yeah, that's a good, at a young age. Yeah, I know who that is, so it's good. Yeah, but that was fun. Um, and then who is the youngest winner of the tournament and what year? Bonus points for the year. It, it couldn't have been anyone younger than Gannon last year when he was 18, unless someone won it when they were 17. Ooh, would it be Will? Schustrick, has he won this? I know he was younger. Because I, I, I remember listening to Foundation and they were going back of winners. Mm-hmm. And none of them could have been younger. It was either Will or Gannon. And I'm going to say Gannon last year. Almost. It was Will. He was also 18. Um, but it was in... 2010. Yeah. Okay. I, I was on the right track. So you were 
I'm impressed. Well done. Yeah. Because the Thank you. the obvious kind of leads you to Ganon, right? But yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, who has the most top ten finishes? And of course, bonus points if you can guess the number of top ten finishes they have. I know Ken has won it the most. So I'm gonna just assume because like that's always a top ten. Paul has played it. Has he played it more? I'm not entirely sure. He's played it since 2012. Yeah, so that's 13 times. I'm sure he hasn't finished outside the top 10. But Ken Climo has at least six wins. So I'm going to go Ken with 12 top 10s. Wow, you got the number right, but you got the player wrong. Oh. Is Barry Schultz? Ah, just getting, twelve top ten finishes. Just getting second to Ken Climo the whole time. He's won it a few times. All the right? time. He's, I believe so. At least yeah. twice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep. Okay. Uh, okay. And then, fun fact, because I'm not going to make you guess on this one. Barry Schultz is the only player who has completed every USDGC. Cool. So and because once you win it, you earn a spot automatically. Yeah, all the years moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Is he? I'm gonna just. Is he in it this year? Because I I saw Will Schusterick's in there, which would be awesome to watch him play. Okay, Will Schusterick is not that much younger than no, he's older than me. He's young. He was he was born in '92. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Why the f is he not playing? Like I get that he's prodigy, but like. It's a, it's a shame. Yeah, I I think he kind of just had injuries. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, Barry Schultz is playing. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. that's awesome. Um. Okay, so there's a, a. Of course, these don't count towards the players' actual rating, but the rounds are rated. Yeah. What is the average round rating of the winners of the championship? There's, there's, so they give the, the range, the whole, but okay. But what is the average? It's a shot in the dark question. Don't expect you to get it. Yeah, yeah. But if you do again, if you do again, I will pick something off my wall and so, send it to you. Can I guess the range, or should I guess what the average of the actual winner is every year? You can do both. Okay. Whatever okay. you want. Um, and that's the thing is like ratings have changed so much over the course of the last 10 to 20 years that this has been going on because like i feel like back in the day like the ken climo area era their winnings are like a 1020 rated to maybe 1030 whereas now it is requiring to 1060 ish to win it so my winning the like the lowest win is got to be 1,012. The highest win has got to be 1,070. And I think the average is going to be 1055 golf. That, that is very impressive. Man. Very, very well done. The range is 1035 to 1063, okay. and the average is 1051. Okay. So it makes sense. Very, it makes sense. Very impressive job. Well yeah. done. I would have thought somewhere in there, like there might have been a really bad weather that would cause yeah. a like the Jeremy Colling year. Yeah. Like a winner to not actually be that high, but. Right. Yeah, 10 10 30 makes sense so yeah cool yeah uh great one and then just a this is a little bit of an obvious question so i'm just going to kind of give it as a piece of trivia and not a trivia question okay. uh ken climo has the most rounds of 11 under or better he has 10 rounds at usdgc 11 under or better. Wow. 
Very impressive. Yeah. Do we know what the average scores were kind of last year? What did Gavin what did Gannon finish at? Because I remember like that final round, him and um was it Vino? Or was it the other guy? The other Nicholas Antela. Yeah, Antela. Um they were both kind of in that eleven to thirteen under range, if I don't remember. Like double digits is hard. Double digits is hard out there for sure. Yeah, double digits is is insane for sure. Yeah. Um, and then my last last question because I I think this is fun and I would have never guessed this if you would have brought this up to me. Okay. But what is the highest finish by a player who was part of the Monday qualifier? Ooh. And I'll give you a hint. The year was 2012. Okay, so not like. Also, shout out to Zach, uh, Melton for Monday qualifying. So, he got yeah. that going for him. Lefty friendly course. Yeah. Um, Let's go, baby. 2012. Uh, you you do know who this is, which is why I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um. I, I don't think I could make a guess on who it is. But if it's going from people that I know that maybe I couldn't see him back in that day not being in it. But I would guess like Paul Ulibari and the highest they would finish from a Monday qualifying has got to be fourth. I think it's the fourth place. That's a great guess. It was Josh Anthon, mm. and he finished third. Okay. Yep, he finished third, and he led the tournament after rounds two and three, <laughs> and he got in qualifying on Monday. a Monday, which is just yeah. it's it's a little bit comical, but also like really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing is like you hear it's also the, you... that wouldn't really happen as much today. No, as it could have back then. Yeah, um, yeah. There's too many kind of good players now, but that's I. What happened in the like what I in my mind thought happened with that situation was it was a good player that just like didn't play much during the season or didn't play the right like qualifying events. Which is also makes this tournament kind of unique, and I think it helps build the prestige of it. Is that it's not a open, and you just like sign up. You like you have to actually qualify. Um, yep. Which and I, I lo- also I love that they they let all former winners immediately yeah. have a spot back in. Yeah. Builds the prestige of the sport. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Those are some good yeah. questions. Well. Yeah, I thought that was some fun trivia. Uh, I'll try to bring up some trivia around the majors because I think it's fun to dig into a little bit. Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll work on our trivia game. Um, we'll never be trivia with Trevor style, but we'll try yeah. build a, up and have some fun games going on this off season for sure. Yeah, I like I like trivia. I think it's it's entertaining for sure. Yeah. Um, you want to move on to. Some in the bag. Do you have any in the bag stuff? Are we are we kind of done with USDGC, yeah. right? We're so yeah. I think I'm good. I don't have any yeah. other storylines. Yeah, we no, talked about our players. So yeah, no storylines. We'll who I'm just excited. Who had the best finish from our players to watch. Yeah, yeah. I'm just super excited to watch another disc golf. We've had like it almost felt like two weeks off, um, but we had the women's disc golf championship, but the MPO have had two weeks off, so. It's uh, will be fun to get back out there and playing, and everyone loves USDGC. It's a great venue and crowd. So yeah, I'm excited. Well, we need to go one day. We should make that a yeah. We should plan ahead and make that a thing, and mm-hmm. just like say, hey, twenty. Actually, what? I don't know the situation. Either twenty twenty five, twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. We need to yeah. just say we're gonna go and like plan it like six months in in advance. It's always around my birthday, so like I can always use that as my excuse. You got a built-in. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
Love it. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, let's, let's cool. do it one of these years. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get out there. Sick. All right. In the bag, new things. You got some in the bag, new Frisbees, new lineup, new what you, what you got going on over there? Well, I got a, a new mold, which is, okay. or just a new version of a mold that's been a staple in my bag. Yeah. Um, I got the new S line FD three. Nice. And I'm excited to work it in the new color glow C line FD threes that yeah. I got the disc mini open ones are beef boys. Yeah. They are flex line only like throw them on a lot of Anheuser and they will come out of it. They're yeah. Fantastic. Like for what you want them for, they're great. Mm-hmm. Headwinds. Yeah. They don't even blink. It's like, a, it's, it's a one-to-one but on but like a firebird. It's usable. Yes. It's more stable than a firebird, less than a chupacabra. Like yeah. it's cool. Great disc. And you can still get good distance out of it. Nice. That being said, the S line FP3 is supposed to be straighter. Yeah. Or a little straighter, a little more workable, a little more usable. So I'm very excited to incorporate that into my bag because I have old Innova made C line color glow FD3s that have been my straight guys. Like mm-hmm. it's bluey. It's on my wall. I've got two yeah. of them retired on the wall. I've got two more, one in the bag. And then the one that just got sent back to me last week that I talked yeah. about. Um, so I'm hoping these S line ones can replace that Which because be I don't nice. want to lose the, <laughs> the ones and just be able to pick up a stock S line yeah. FD3 and have it, have it work in. So For sure. very excited. For that. And uh, my buddy is going to die the Portland Trailblazers logo on it for me. Nice. On a white one. Yeah, that'd be cool. And so it's a kind of a pinwheel and I think it would look really cool spinning. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'd so, be awesome. That's new to my bag. And then I was just going to bring up my round. I played tags at Prickly Pines and I won the I won the number one tag. Awesome. Which normally we don't really talk about little tiny pieces like that, but I want to talk about what I was throwing. We had very heavy winds. I'm not sure. Should I need, I'm going to see if I have it on my scorecard. Um, it was kind of absurd. 20, the, my U-Disc app says 23 mile an hour winds. Yeah. Which, is, which is whatever gusted. it says, that means that's what it was consistently throughout the entire round or what yeah, the yeah. average was. So it was very windy and there are definitely a lot of exposed holes on that course. Like you play through the woods and then you play out into the valley and things get exposed for sure. Yeah. Um, I shot five under, which was fantastic Mm -hmm. with two bogeys and a lot of long putts made in the wind. So it, I couldn't putt worth the darn at uh, Colorado States and you know, a round like that, I all of a sudden utilized experience from states and just started spinning my putt a little harder and didn't change my target much. Yeah. So that was really exciting. But I threw the Warbird on so many holes. Yeah. And I threw the Mad Cat on a bunch of holes as well. So I threw cool. a backhand Mad Cat and forehand Warbird. Yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. I would normally go like FD3. I just said, you know what? just going to throw a 75% warbird and throw it on all hyzer and let it crash in. So perfect. That was really fun. I had a lot of fun playing in the wind, which I normally don't have as much fun playing in the wind, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's always nice when you can rely on those faster overstable discs to get distance and stability. Um, Yeah. And I I think so many people, um you can go ahead the warbird's gonna stay in my bag because of how oh yeah reliably overstable it is for sure and i have started to just i'm normally a flat forehand thrower yeah but i've started to uh rely on more just straight hyzers mm-hmm. even though i don't like throwing straight hyzers because it's kind of boring to me yeah um but in the wind I found that it was working. I didn't need to force flex lines, right? Yeah. I could just throw hyzer and let the headwind flip it up a little bit or, you know, whatever yeah. it, was. So it, it was just, it was a good experience. Good round. Yeah. And 
Perfect. making putts is so much more fun than missing. missing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that goes, so I can't I can't share yeah, I'm that feeling you. with you. It's nice. You you should you should do it. Sometime. I know. I would love That's to cool. do it sometime for sure. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing like I need to do a better job of like remembering is like when you have that kind of like even if it's a shorter distance, say two eighty, instead of trying to mash on your zone to get there and throwing it flat and then hyzering out at the end, disking up to that overstable fairway and swinging it wider, keeping it on one plane so that the wind doesn't isn't able to turn it at all, and you get that distance easier, it just makes the game easier. Like you only have to throw it mm-hmm. 70-80% to get the distance instead of full hundred percent and throwing an extra action in the flight of the disc. Your margin for error also decreases. Yeah. Yeah. When you are throwing a slower disc. Yeah. Like if I were to throw a zone, I would have to throw it perfect to get, you know, that full 290 shot that Mm -hmm. I know I could get with it. Yes. Whereas if I just power down on an FD3 or a Mad Cat or whatever it is, my margin for error disking down increases. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 And then also like the error of like if you accidentally throw it too far, going past the basket is totally fine. And being 20 feet long is just as good as being 20 feet short. But you know, you're never going to really be 40, 50 feet short where that could happen with a slower disc. Yeah. And yeah. knowing the hold too, if your miss is long or your miss should be yep. short like that obviously yeah. helps yeah but, but it is a better feeling to get to the basket and be like oh i went long dang yeah then getting up there and be like oh what I thought i'm I was short short, short again 40 short yep yeah for sure for sure um uh, for those who are only listening on our podcast feed you go to our youtube channel and check out the episode and, and fast forward to where we are right now um, I have a little visitor asleep on my arm. <laughs> I heard the door open. We record this in the evening and my daughters are asleep in their room and we are they've been asleep for an hour. Yep. Not anymore. And I hear the door slowly start to open, <laughs> pulled out one of my headphones and it was like, Junie, Junie, you okay? And uh, she yep. came here, sat on my lap and I started tickling her back and now she's asleep on my arm and All I right can't move. Perfect. So we'll be wrapping up soon. With that being said, is there anything new to your bag? Um, not yet, but tomorrow I'm going to treat myself. I'm taking my son treat to yourself. the disc golf store and I'm gonna buy one of the first run Berg X's. Oh heck yeah, the minty. The minty. And so mm-hmm. my the store rule is one per customer. And I'm going to say my son counts as a second customer. So I'm going to try to get my hands on two of those bad boys. Take your wife and get one for me. I know, which would be like ideal. (laughs) But so I'm going to try one of those. I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun to throw. I haven't thrown a Berg before. I felt one, haven't thrown one before, but I think it could be useful. um, And almost kind of replacing that copperhead caltrop knowing that it's never going to go too far because I feel like I sometimes throw those like I'm looking for a little bit of a bigger gap between my throwing putter and a disc that I can just mash and know it's never going to go too far the the couch up used to like it kind of blurs that line too much or like it doesn't always stay short um, but it also doesn't have the high glide of a um, traditional throwing putter. So excited yeah, to get especially them in- compared to the inner core. Yeah, which for sure goes for so far. Yeah, so that's what I got look, going looking forward to tomorrow. Wait, that sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, anything else you're looking forward to? Are you playing any disc golf coming up soon? 
No, um, I'm not really gonna play anymore. But um, I think it's good. I'm I'm more excited to kind of take a break from disc golf to kind of reset myself and go into the off season hungry and ready to improve, work on things, work on putting, and try have a a full fresh start as opposed to always be finicky and fixing different little things as I'm, as I'm playing. So. Yeah. It, yeah. It's necessary to make those changes, but it is fun to have that outlook going, Hey, I'm excited to just kind of go into the off season yeah. to work on those things rather than try to fix them mid season. Yeah, for so, sure. I like so. that. Uh, last thing I'm looking forward to is I just signed up for the mile high classic at nice. Ferringer. And my boy Kyle Harrigan, guest on the pod, honorary lefty. Yep. Uh, he said, even though I'm on the wait list, he's gonna try to get me in on his card. And we've never played together still. Cool. So, he's fun to play with. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, especially kind of talking through his bag and stuff. See what he. Yeah. If there's anything different compared to what we talked about, he sounds like a guy who has the same discs for years. But yeah, ballistas and eras, baby. Yeah. Yeah, so, and uh, now the Supra and a couple other new yeah finish uh, line discs, finish line molds, which I'm excited to see how they play. Yeah, for sure. And the very last thing, sorry to throw this in here. That's fine. I don't know if you remember at the beginning of our podcasting days when I said that if Simon Lazat left Discmania, I would let my daughters paint my nails. <laughs> I kind of you remember, remember this. I kind of, yeah. It's ringing a bell. Yeah, I said if he leaves, I will let my daughters do this or whatever. Well, I got my nails painted. Perfect. Also, painted... nails too. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Juniper. Oh, look she at this. Her nails painted too. Beautiful. Um, so we we painted our nails today, and I did that as punishment for myself. And yep, and Paisley's nails are painted too. Awesome. Uh, and so I've. Every time I look at my thumb, I hate it. I can't stand it. I love I, I love like painting I'm, my thumbs. I feel like I'm a woman. I'm like, no. Oh, it's so fun. It's Don't so like fun. This. Yeah, I love it. I love painting my thumbs. It's good. Uh, it's, so it's funny. My daughters sure enjoyed it. So. Good. Good. All right, lefties. Thank you for sticking with us through this. We are so excited for USDGC. Um, leave a comment, like down below who do you think is going to win who do you want to win and um just kind of anything you want to hear us talk about in the future going forward and into the off season of disc golf so that's that's all i got you got anything else that's all it is dm us with your takes or any uh off season topics you want us to say perfect and uh juniper do you have anything you want to say juni say lefties out the mangoes. Say lefties out. Okay. Okay. No thanks, Junie. <laughs> All right. Lefties out. Lefties out. <laughs>